Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. First of all, I think I owe you all an apology. For the first time in 54 episodes, I I, I skipped a week, and thank God I have good reasons for doing that which is that I had the tremendous opportunity to come to the land of Israel and to study and to reconnect and to learn. And as a result of that, I I missed putting up an episode last week, so I apologize. But I will make up for it because this episode today is absolutely phenomenal. It is with the world-renowned Mrs. Hanna Levitan. Now, we knew Mrs. Levitan many, many years ago when she was... uh, teaching at Neve in Yerushalayim, which is a, a girls' institution where my wife was going to seminary, and she was absolutely instrumental in my wife's life and in my life as we went through the dating and marriage path, and uh, that was fantastic. But now Mrs. Levitan is an internationally renowned speaker and author, lecturer. She has two best-selling books. She is featured on every single media outlet across, not every single, but most media outlets across the world. I'm very thrilled to add another channel, my podcast, to help promote her amazing message. And today we're going to be discussing why marriage. So she has interviewed people across the globe and really is cluing in on the fact that today marriage, you need to make a case for it and why people should get married and how to make that marriage that we should choose to be the most successful and fulfilling possible. So with no further ado, Mrs. Levitan. Hi, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you have this very exciting series that's coming out now called Why Marriage. Could you tell me a little bit about what that is and why you felt that was so important? Yeah, I'm so, I really am very excited about this. It's, I've been bombarded with questions over and over. From, it used to be just the college kids who were saying, you know, is, is marriage even relevant anymore? How could we be married to the same person our whole life? It used to be just on the college campus, and now I'm getting it from 30 and 40-year-olds. And, of course, this trend, this new trend, and, you know, f- people who are married in their 50s, uh, the, the divorce rate has doubled, you know, over the past uh, 10 years. So, or... or 15 or years, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable um, and scary, you know, what's going on. And people need not only answers, people need role models. People need to believe in marriage, not because someone told them to or because of some dogma, but because they're seeing couples who are living it. And I've been really fortunate to be able to interview couples around the world. I mean, I've already interviewed people in India and South Africa and Israel and in the States and in Hawaii in England, um, where else? Germany. It's, it's just so exciting. And, and everyone's excited about sharing their story to help other people. Because what I'm finding is a whole community internationally of people who are worried about marriage, who are worried about family, who are very concerned about uh, the anti-marriage tsunami, I call it, that is taking over the world. And, you know, really people questioning 
people who used to believe in marriage, who are married for 20, 30 years, starting to question the whole concept of marriage. So, so not to, not to be too large scale, you know, for the average person, you know, the institution of marriage, I don't think there's necessarily a, a buy-in to something like that, but for just the individual that's kind of going through their life and, and you're mentioning that it's, it's not a problem that gets solved per se when you get married, but in fact, you know, 20, 20, 30 years down the road, you might be sort of wondering, you know, is it, is it worth the effort? So I guess if you could succinctly put from your perspective or from your experience of interviewing all these other people, what's the value? Like why, why should we do it in light of the a tremendous amount of options that are out there and of different values that we have access to and the fact that you could have multiple different relationships that people don't even have to know about through technology, not saying that we should do that, but like why, why is the idea of cut everything out and really focus on one person relevant? Oh, it is so relevant. First of all, together with all these different uh, new ways of being, living, you know, group marriage and truffles and all sorts of things, together with all of these new things, technology and research has shown, has, has really proven that the human brain is hardwired for connection, for love. We need it. There, there was a, a very interesting book written by a hospice nurse. It's called The, the Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Of the five top regrets, Jacob, three of them are connected to, are associated with connection with love. One is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard and spent more time with my family. And, and the third I wish I had expressed myself more. I wish I had communicated more. So the, the fact that we're getting so caught up in so many things and life is happening so quickly pulls us off center as to what's really important. What's really important are the connections. The deeper the connection, the more real and intimate the connection, the more we are fulfilled as human beings. Um, PERMA, there is an interesting study also in positive psychology of the five things that are necessary for people to be happy. It's the acronym is P-E-R-M-A. P, positive emotions, love. E, engagement, not getting engaged, but being in, into something, engaged in some process, excited about something. Uh, R, relationships. M, not money, it's meaning. We, that's what makes us happy in meaningful relationships. And the A is accomplishment achievement. So again, of those five things, three of them are connected to relationships, to, to love. This is, it's, it's who we are. We can't run away from it. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's a fact. It's a fact that children who grow up in an intact family with two parents do better academically, emotionally, health-wise, you know, financially, it, it, across the board, yeah, because it's that love that we need in order to grow into our best self. So just two, two questions on that regard, and, I, and I, I think the reason why I'm drilling in this specific direction is because from my perspective, the world has shifted that we don't want to be terribly, it sounds terrible, but altruistic that a lot of people want to know like okay so like what's in it for me like i get there's an idea that the institution of marriage is important i get there's an idea that 
responsibility is important. I get there's an idea that raising children to be the best positioned for success is valuable, but then the question is like, at what personal cost? And I think that as people, and this is a general problem with, with again, new psychology is as, as we're looking at and becoming aware there are, at least in perception, people that are actually kind of living their dreams. There are people that are actually doing careers that they enjoy. There's people that are actually in the shape that they want to be in, you know, and again, it's like we, back in the day, like there was not this level of exposure into at least the perception of someone's actual life that you could really judge it. But now that we have that, we are sort of dealing with this idea is, okay, I can actually become all of these different things, adding another person into the mix and their own process seems to tremendously complicate that. So how do we, how do we sort of shut off that societal narrative and kind of clue in and say, no, really what's going to make us happy is me working on myself or me waiting for my partner self-actualize. And how do you help yourself or your partner do that? (laughs) Right. You always ask the best questions and so relevant. I think that we are living at a time in which we can actualize ourselves in so many ways, and we should, we need to. Professionally, yes. I was just interviewing one of the couples I interviewed last week. It's a couple in England. They are both dancers. They were just dancers on uh, Thriller Live and West End. I mean, they've, they've danced with the top companies around the world. Beautiful interview, talking about, now they're married for six years, they're together for 12. They're talking about how they really lived the life. They have lived their dream and how important it really was to have that time to build their careers, to, to, to build themselves, to have their, their, you know, their free time. And as they got into their late 20s, they said, but we also want to have a family. So they spoke a lot about how... You, the, the, having both, how it's so important to to really get into your career, to excel. Of course, we all are excited about what we do professionally, uh, not at the expense of our family. And then the dance is always, okay, how do we make sure that our family isn't, uh, you know, getting the brunt of, you know, our busyness also. So I believe that a full developed person ultimately is doing both you know we're really developing ourselves professionally and also on a family level and if we don't do one of them i think that we're missing out on on a whole lot okay i I really do uh there are people who maybe don't want if, if they're home um there are women and men who want to stay home with the kids. Um, but I do believe if they don't have a hobby, a, a passion, something that they're really into, these days, you know, it doesn't take that much time to do the laundry like it's, it did 50 or 100 years ago. You know, like there's all this extra time. And we need to be able to make something of ourselves as well and become self-actualized. So I, I'm a bit big believer in both worlds, developing both worlds, and each one contributes to the other, because that's what it is. It's, it's this well-rounded self that we feel so good when we're doing both, 
you know, because um, we could be great at our profession, but without that family connection, without that, that, that you know, I mean, marriage opens the door to so many beautiful things in terms of companionship, but also really being able to have a mirror and see, okay, who are we? How are we developing? What are the things that we need to work on in our personality that we actually never get feedback on when we're living alone? So in terms of, you know, potential for, for self-development, it's, it's interesting that the word for marriage in Hebrew is nisuin, which means to lift up and to grow. If someone is not growth-oriented, marriage is awful. It really is. It's just because, you know, marriage is a spiritual path. It, it's a spiritual path. So if we don't use it as one, it will use us, meaning it will drag us through the mud to like face ourselves and to work on ourselves. But the, obviously the ideal is to be excited about the growth. And then we embrace marriage wholeheartedly in an excited way. We're excited about the growth. Then every day is, is really a joy. Every day is, is a whole new chapter in our lives as a couple and as our, in our lives as an individual too, because we never, <laughs> the key to a, a, a vibrant, lasting, loving marriage is that we are constantly growing individually also. We're developing ourselves so we have something to bring to the table that the, the relationship is now is, is dynamic. It's growing. We're, we're an interesting partner. We, you know, we're not just sitting there staring and, you know, like just not moving. We're moving somewhere individually and also as a couple. One of the challenges with, I guess you could say, growth is that in so many other areas of our life, and I think probably in every other area of our life, with the exception of spirituality, there are clear demarc de like marcate like marks or goals that you can set up. So it's like you know, are you in a different position in your in your job than you were X number of years ago? Are you making right. more money? Are you right. you know in better shape? And one of the big challenges in marriage is that for us who are so conditioned to look for external, I guess you could call it validate. Again, I, as a, in, in the practice that I have, I'm always telling people make, make demonstrable goals. Don't say, I want to lose weight. Say, I'm going to lose X amount by X amount of time. And then you can really kind of focus on that. And in the work of self-development and the oftentimes very slow and organic process of raising children or, or building a marriage, that's not there. So how do you, how do you even know and how do you not get so, um, you know, disheartened by the fact that, you know, this process of maybe not being stressed out at a certain time of the week is going to be a five to 10 year process, not something that I could just kind of knock out. Great. Great. Yeah. I think that we uh, become addicted to those kind of goals where we could see, okay, exactly. How much have I grown? And what did I accomplish? Uh, it's very, it is great, very gratifying to see so quickly what we accomplished. But the real, 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 real growth in life, we can't see it as clearly. I think the secret is to set certain goals for ourselves internally. And uh, it, it helps to have a mentor or a, a, a you know, coach. doesn't have to be someone we hire. I, my best friend and I, we're, we're each other's life coaches. We meet every, you know, once a week in the morning, we go for a long walk and we are each other's life coaches. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's great because it's a way to keep our friendship strong. We're both super busy. Uh, it's a way to, and we work out, we do this long walk and we coach each other. 
it helps us to just set the goal. Okay, where, what'd you, yeah, what's your goal for this week? Okay, where, what'd you do? I, I think we, we need to set that in our lives for ourselves in terms of our character, certain character traits that we're, we're working on, uh, in terms of if we have children, you know, certain relationships with specific children that we're focusing on and what our goal is in that relationship, where we're getting triggered. And specifically, I think most importantly in our marriage and in what's getting in the way because really the thing that gets in the way of a good marriage is us, <laughs> you know, our stuff. When we get married, all of our, our young parts rise to the surface and there we are. Yeah, I, I, as a marriage therapist, I, I can't tell you how many people sit in my office and they say, I thought I had worked it all out beforehand. I thought I had worked on my stuff. I thought I had it all together. And, and I say, you did after a certain point. And it, when we get married, that's when we reveal all these other parts of ourselves that also need to be tended to. And that is the stuff that we that when we do attend, when we do attend to that stuff, we come into our best self. So if we're excited about growth, then marriage is, is the path. Okay. So then with our, in our relationship and marriage, we need to set goals also. Okay. What's coming up for me, right? There's a general rule that if we're getting triggered in our marriage and a scale from zero to 10, if our trigger, if we're getting triggered, are we, we're reactive above a five is probably connected to something in our past, right? Our, our spouse is triggering a different relationship. So it's being able to take a look at that stuff and to clean it out because I really believe that, you know, since we're not here forever and we're going to live, let's say, you know, with, with uh, God's help, 120 years, but we want to, reach the end of the marathon as a winner and a winner in life is that we have become the kind of person that we hoped to be you know it's it's that stuff you know it, it, seriously when, when when someone leaves this world they don't talk you know they're at their uh, at their funeral they don't talk about how much money they made you know it it's it's the, it's the people we've touched. It's the difference that we've been able to make either out there or on a personal level with the people who we come into contact with every day. So we have to make sure that we don't get so um, drunk, so, so um, you know, high on all of the, like those, ah, accomplish this and show this, I win that medal and I did it and, and, and I, you know, our grades and our raise at work and, and the awards we won and, and all that stuff is nice and it's fulfilling. But we have to make sure that we're doing the inner work. You know, there's, 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 a, the, the, um, there's, a, great, there's a great guy, Michael Gervais. He's the inner coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, and I, and I love that they have an inner coach. They're so smart. That, you know, he, he coaches them on their inner game because the outer game, whether it's football or it's business or um, teaching or music, whatever we do, the inner game 
is if we want to win it out there, we have to win it inside. And it's the same thing with relationships. If we want to success, the success, successful relationships, we have to do the inner game. So Michael Gervais talks about how um, he coaches Olympic champions. He says, you think that the Olympic champion, when he's standing on or she's standing on the podium, getting that medal, they're the happiest person in the world. They step off that podium and they're so happy. Well, at that moment, they're so happy. And as soon as they step off the podium, they're the same exact person that they were with all the stuff and all their problems come back. You know, because wherever, you know, that, that book, wherever you go, there you are. You know, we can't run away from ourselves. So um, the inner process of growth, he, he, he teaches the Olympic champions. He teaches the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. He teaches these people to, to know that even though you're so, so great at something, and when we're really, really good at something, there's a tendency to define ourselves by that. And that is a dead end. That is really dangerous because that, to take this whole full person that we are and to say that I am this little thing that I do, even if I do it really well, is, is very, very limiting and it constricts us. And this is what leads to depression and anxiety and you know, because we're not so narrow, we're a whole person. So he talks about decoupling the, the process, like this is you and this is what you do. And if we ever lose sight of who we really are, then what we do pays a price. We're not going to perform as well. So I, I really believe that what we're trying to do here in this world is yes, succeed out there. And I, yeah, yeah, go, go, you know, get that extra degree and get that extra raise and write another book and do it's all so important but who are we what, what are we saying it has to if we're not connected to our inner self then we're not we're not saying anything so what's what's interesting is the, the inner game seems to be a self-introspective process and the obvious point in marriage is that you're dealing with somebody else and out of curiosity, and I know this is probably a very large question that it's probably very hard to give a general rule to, but when a person is looking at, let's say the indicator is I'm not happy with my marriage, do you start on the inside? Do you start on the outside? To what extent should a person even think about their spouse or should the other person, is the goal of the person in marriage to really try to make peace with whoever they're with in whatever circumstances they're in? You know... Again, I'm a marriage counselor, so I'm sitting at this, um, in the chair, right? I can't tell you how many people come in with their narrative of, I'm doing everything right. My spouse is messing this up. My spouse is messing that up. And we can all point fingers at our spouse at what they're messing up because they are, because they're human. And what we forget is that we're also messing things up. So... The relationship of marriage is one in which we have to be doing the inner game in order to be in a relationship. It's, it's, it's impossible to be in that kind of relationship if we're not doing the inner work. And we'll constantly be getting feedback as to what, how we're doing on an internal level if we're open to hearing it. However, if we're not opening to hearing, open to hearing it, we're just going to be blaming, 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 blaming 
which by the way, let's be honest, we all do. It, yeah, it, it's just human nature to blame our spouse for what they're doing wrong. Again, because it's so obvious to us what they are doing wrong. So the success in the relationship, which gives us an incredible sense of, of joy and, and meaning and feeling great about ourselves, I mean, the deepest self-esteem is when we're really able to say, okay, yes, my spouse isn't perfect, but what am I bringing to this relationship that needs to be worked on? I want to, and you know, I want to end at 120 in the best possible version of myself. So I, where am I, where, where's my work? And, and, and I can tell you that sometimes people can't see their work because they're so, you know, caught in the moment and it does help to speak to someone, a third party, but not, not, I never tell people to speak to their parent or to their, because, you know, as much as our parents might love us, they're not seeing things in a clear way. And it's very easy for a parent to say, oh, you're right, your spouse is doing this and that, get out, you know. I, I, you know, I, I have had couples, literally, they had filed for divorce, they'd paid the divorce lawyer, everything's done, it's done. I'm meeting them at the end, for all sorts of reasons, they come in for this one last, and I can tell you that these people say to me, I cannot believe that I wasn't seeing my part. I cannot believe what I was doing in this relationship that was really triggering my spouse. So it's, it's, it's hard to, to, to see our part. Um, yeah, and sometimes we could be playing such a passive role that we think we're not doing anything. But the problem is that we're being so passive that it's passive aggressive. We don't see it at all, and we just see the reaction. So uh, we have to know that there's this constant dance that, is, that husbands and wives do, that we're always working <clears throat> off of each other. And it's only when we own our part in this that things can really turn around and I can tell you I've seen people miserably married just so disgusted by their spouse who today are very much in love with that same person. Final, final question is one of the things that you had mentioned is the importance of the third party and that also just based on the you know world that we live in today all of these, you know, the famous example is Tiger Woods, but, you know, all of these people that we had put up as, you know, the paradigm of like someone that's got it figured out, you know, and from whatever perspective it is. And, and you know, it's oftentimes so disconcerting when it's, quote, the, the, nice, the nice guy or the, you know, the, the wholesome person. And there's just literally, I, I can't start counting examples coming out of, out of Hollywood because there's just so many of them. But, you know, when it comes to, finding the third party, what do you look for, especially in light of the fact that I think all of us have become increasingly cynical that the external that we're seeing, it's like, oh yeah, I want to be like that couple. Well, it turns out that they're sleeping in separate rooms and you just don't know. And, you know, they're so loving in person, but really deep down inside, they're both, you know, phenomenally insecure and hate each other. So how do you like try to find, or what are you looking for when it comes for either a marriage mentor for both of you or just the, you know, like the mentor for yourself to figure out how you should show up and quote, work on your inner game. So um, look, mentors can come in the form of a book. 
a mentor can come in the form of a real person who you know enough that you can that that you can they're opening up to you on some level you're spending some time with them and 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 they're not trying to prove anything to you and they're not trying to you know that's oftentimes it's the couples who are all showy showy mm -hmm. on the outside where you know it's it's just people who are living life and living marriage and are sincere okay it's and and it's 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 not the marriage that's all showy it's it's real you know, uh, I, I sometimes think marriages are like there's there's different styles. There's the shiny Mercedes, and there's the beat up Jeep, and there's you know, and every marriage is its different beauty. And and that 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 beat up Jeep, you know, people have come through so much together, and they've they, they've gone through so much before they've been married, and and how they heal together, and how they grow together through their difficulties. And 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 then you have the people who are like you know more easygoing and they didn't go through so much and they didn't have, they didn't have so much stuff to, to to go through every marriage is different every marriage is different and every marriage is profound when we own our marriage and stop comparing it to other people in terms of a, a third party a mentor um, a therapist if people are going to go for to a marriage therapist it's got to be someone who's trained in marriage therapy not just regular therapy because it's a very different kind of, of therapy. Um, it's got to be someone who can really hold both parties, uh, you know, responsible and, and is, has a vision of where they're going in terms of as a, as a therapist. Um, there's marriage counseling is very different than regular therapy. There is some directive in there. Uh, so whether um, someone's speaking to somebody who is a trained counselor or someone's looking for a mentor, everyone has to be working on their marriage, learning more. Um, and, and we, again, peer pressure is a big deal. We want to surround ourselves with people who are growing, you know, because divorce is contagious on some level. I mean, that's not in the genes, but it's the power of suggestion and when we see more and more people complaining and complaining complaining and then just getting out uh even though there are times to get out of a marriage there are valid times but you know i think many people are just jumping ship without really trying truly 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 trying and again the truly trying is doing the inner work um so I think that we need to have a vision of what what, mar what real marriage is, what it what it takes, and and that's why, by the way, coming back to my project, my new project, why marriage? Uh, I what what is going to be more inspiring than hearing people talk about their challenges and what they went through to to overcome their challenges and how where they're at 12 years later 18 years later or 24 i have uh 40 years later 44 years later 64 i have a couple married for 64 years yeah really sharing their story so that's what we need role models we do outstanding so so now tell us how we find your your project and the best way to follow the work that you're doing my website is the best way to to find out about things uh, my website is just my name hanalevitan.com chana they, they call me chana 
channellevitan.com. Uh, it's all it's all it's all there. The the videos will be up on YouTube. Uh, I have a channel on YouTube also. People can join me on Facebook. Uh, pretty much out there, just trying to get the the message that love is real, that marriage is real, that love is a verb, and marriage is a verb. Yes, <laughs> right. Like marriage is beautiful when we practice it. Outstanding. It's a verb. Yeah. Outstanding. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jacob. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.